Have you ever just wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? The thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world just a little bit more like Jesus than we found it. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering on my friends in the pursuit of making God known through their unique calling. So buckle up because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. I'm your host, Rebecca Dotson-George, and welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. You're listening to episode two of the Do The Thing Movement podcast. Today on the show is my good friend, Joey Hodges. Joey is an author, a certified life coach. She has a business where she helps people create systems for their lives to help them rediscover joy and probably my favorite, create boundaries in their lives, which is something we all struggle to do. And so I just so enjoyed getting to sit down and catch up with Joey. And I really think you're going to enjoy the conversation. In the background today is the song Goodness of God by the band All Things New. If you go back one episode, you can listen to my conversation with Garrett Hornbuckle. He's a good friend of the podcast. And so this song is going to be playing in the background through the month of January. So hope you enjoy that. And please go check out their music when you get a chance. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Joey. I am so excited to have you on the show. Uh, let's just start at the very beginning. Tell us about you. Sure. Um, like who I am and what I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so um, in short, I'm an author and I'm a certified life coach. Um, I've become very obsessed with living and working on purpose. Um, this actually started after uh, I had a company many years ago, uh, and I experienced such a devastating bout of burnout, and it actually led to a breakdown, and that inspired me to sell that company. I needed to walk away. In fact, actually, uh, God told me to walk away yeah. from that company and to let it go. Um, and so now, uh, now that I feel re-energized and back in the game, I've dedicated my career to helping others just purposefully design their lives and businesses so that they can protect their well-being and productivity and joy. And we do that with systems, processes, and boundaries. That's awesome. I love that. Who are you certified for life coaching through? Oh, uh, I talked about that. It's it. Uh, honestly, you're putting me right on the spot. It's a there's a, it's a an official name. I don't know it off the top of yeah. my head. It was like this no. program. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Maybe we can like find a couple of examples to put in the show notes. I just know sure. that's something I've looked at, and and I'm I'm sure people would might be interested in. So that's cool. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, I did it. It was like a, a guided program online. Um, cool. I, I'll send you the information so you can put it in the show notes. I just don't know it off the top of my head. It was like some long name. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No worries. Um, so walk us through, I know that like, so share what you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. Um, in sort of the story of, of your business of, you know, God bringing you from where you where you were to where you are today. I know that, um, you know, we just talked about this before we hit record of how easy it is to look on, you know, social media and see someone thriving and, you know, doing their thing and, you know, us having really no idea sort of the backstory and what happens kind of behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, and I think you are too. I'm all about being real. Oh, <laughs> on, yeah. 
um, things like this. So walk me through again, what you feel comfortable sharing about, you know, your story in business and how God led you to the place you are in today. Sure. Um, I feel like it's only appropriate based on what you just said to share. I saw something online the other day, uh, in the entrepreneurial space where it was like, if it takes me uh, 10 minutes to do something for you, understand that I'm not charging you for the 10 minutes. I'm charging you for the 10 years of experience that allowed me to complete this <laughs> task for you in 10 minutes. That's um, so good. Right. And so like, yeah. I feel like if enough of us start to share our journey and our story of like how exactly we got where we are to do the things that we're currently doing, um, it helps a lot of us, in fact, kind of step into our value and our confidence in how we charge for our time or the expertise that we're sharing with people. Because I think a lot of times yeah. we can get up in our heads about, um, you know, devaluing ourselves yeah. <laughs> or questioning, you know, what, what we're worth. And so it was interesting because when I was thinking about uh, my journey, when you, you posed that question to me a couple of days, excuse me, a couple of days ago, I didn't realize how long I've been mm. on this journey, you know, because yeah. uh, yeah. it's easy to think that like, oh, I've been here since 2016, but that's not true. Um, yeah. So I would argue that there are several phases um, to my entrepreneurial journey, but each move, each decision has kind of built on another. And so mm. what I would say is like the foundation of everything that I've been doing is my blog. And I actually mm -hmm. started that back in 2009. I wish I could say that like I had some like great reason for doing that. I just <laughs> wanted don't we to. All? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess something that a lot of people don't know about me is um, I actually went to school for creative writing. And that was my ah, cool. major in college. It was English with creative writing. And our professor basically just like encouraged us to practice writing every day. So like, yeah. I'm going to start a blog. I never assumed <laughs> anybody would pay attention to it. In fact, I kind of kept it a secret from my friends and family, like the people in my hemisphere for a long time, because for yeah. some reason it was much more comfortable for like strangers to read these Isn't things. That isn't that funny though? It's so funny because I it's remember, so funny. I remember sharing, I don't know when I've like stepped into starting eight eighteen ministries or even mm -hmm. do the thing movement before it became a podcast. I can mm -hmm. remember some of the times I was the most, I guess, anxious about mm -hmm. telling someone what, you know, God was kind of probing me to do. It was the people in my inner circle. And I don't know why that is the case, but I so not to interrupt you, but I so agree with that. Mm -hmm. No, please interrupt. Um, I think I, like, I wish I could dissect that and I'm sure I probably could. Um, yeah. but yeah, like it's just something I did for myself, which I guess is really kind of how the most beautiful things start is when we start them without, um, putting a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. Um, it was just something I enjoyed doing. And um, I actually, not to go f too far into this, but I had written a book just after I graduated college just to kind of see if I could do it. Mm. Um, and it's a young adult novel. And I wrote it. I completed it like a month before my wedding. And oh, then wow. just like left it on my hard drive for a really long time. I did nothing with it. Um, but then in 2013, I got very sick. Mm. Um, and this comes out sounding a lot more dramatic than it was. It really truly ended up just being my gallbladder. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was several <laughs> months of them like doing a lot of exploratory tests, like 
27 and they're throwing the word around, like throwing the cancer word around that can scare you a little bit yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of reawaken you. And very dramatically, I just remember thinking like, I don't want to die before I publish a book. Yeah. <laughs> I said like, again, it sounds so dramatic, but when you don't no. know what's going to happen. Um, so I actually committed to like getting the book in tip top shape and I published that in 2014. And again, I couldn't have had the success of that book without first having the blog, because at that point my blog was doing really well. And so I had this like built in readership that was like, they were all primed and ready to like hit purchase. And they came along the journey of like the revisions and all that kind of stuff with me. So by the time the like book was birthed, um, they were all excited about it, which was awesome. And then from there, I actually felt called to start my first company in 2016. We lost my dad in January and that'll just kind of make you very aware that life is very short. I mean, I know you've experienced some things like that. Um, and so again, the blog was a big part of that foundation because the company that I had started, I had all the experience because I had been blogging for so many years. I had such an understanding of how content performed online. Um, and then even more of a twist in this story is I ended up bringing a partner on in this company and I knew that partner from online blogging. In fact, we had never met in person when we Mm. became business partners and she lived in Amsterdam at the time and I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. So like we were, we had this company like spread across two different countries. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and again, like it would exactly, it wouldn't have existed though, if it hadn't been for the blog, um, both in the knowledge and the connections that I had in those things. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, we did this company for about two years and I went hard and fast into it. Like we just really threw ourselves into the company and, um, it was going really, really well. The only problem is I didn't have any boundaries or structures for myself. The company had structure and boundaries, but I didn't with work. And a lot of things kind of like bubbled up to the surface all at the same time. If, if, um, I have a podcast myself and I go into this a little bit deeper in my first episode. Um, but basically like all of the life things happened all at the same time. And the business was growing so rapidly that I just, I lost control. Like I couldn't, I I was valuing myself in my company and my productivity was directly linked to how I saw my value. And Mm. that's a really dangerous place to be in when other things are calling and pulling your attention away from work. And so suddenly when you're paying attention to other things, you feel invaluable and not in a good way. Yeah. Um, And so I was just like full blown deteriorating and I really just, I, uh, the first company started, Christians kind of go through a season. In fact, I don't know that all of them do, but I certainly have gone through seasons in my life, like where I've been far from God. Yeah. Um, And that first business through no fault of its own, it was born in a place in my life when I was far from God. I was not, I wasn't dedicating anything I did to Christ. Um, I was starting the company purely out of selfish reasons. Um, And I feel like sometimes when you come to a place with Christ in your relationship, Sometimes he'll tap on you and be like, okay, this is great. And I love where you're going with this, but I need you to let it go. Cause I have something else in mind for you. Yeah. Um, things that you've learned from this experience. And that's basically essentially what he did. Like he, I like 
this is such a vivid moment in my life, but I remember just like being fetal on the floor of my mom's guest room, just begging God to tell me what to do because I was just so depleted. Um, and I felt really trapped in everything that I was doing and it hadn't really dawned on me until I heard him say, you can let it go. Yeah. And I didn't, I, it just wasn't, thought in my head that like, I would never have left that company. I certainly like I threw myself into that company. I wasn't going to walk away from it. Um, and I really didn't understand it. You want to talk about like being obedient in a place of like, not, not understanding what God is doing. I'm like, I just worked the last two years of my life (laughs) building this thing and you want me to walk away from it. Are you crazy? Yeah. Um, and so I, I did. And it was just kind of crazy how God took that path, that really painful thing, and blessed the pathway of the aftermath. Yeah. Like, everything became so abundantly clear to me after letting go um, that I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. Like, I wouldn't have the experience, and I wouldn't have been inspired to do what I'm doing now if I hadn't gone through that before. Yeah. Um, and so I launched the coaching practice in 2018 mm-hmm. and that's actually like, I, long story short, which I've, I feel like I've been talking for a million years, no, this is but, great. um, <laughs> long story short is when I got back into doing work, uh, with clients, um, I armed myself with this, I call it like a, a structured framework of business mm-hmm. um, that protects not just myself, but my clients and my work and my relationship with work and all of these things. And I made these things very clear with my clients when I far- started working out again or working out of my office with them yes. again, because <laughs> um, I wanted them to understand how our business relationship was going to work, how this whole thing was going to go. Yeah. Um, and they were obsessed with the work I was doing for them. Sure. But they actually became very obsessed with the way I was working. Yeah. They wanted me to teach them how to do what I was doing, how to establish these boundaries with clients and this structure to keep business operating and keep you in your business, but then allow you also to kind of step out of your business when you need to and not feel guilty that like you're going to go catch that baseball game on Tuesday because you built your business to be able to allow that to happen. Yeah. Um, And so literally like couldn't have, the business I have now, if it hadn't been for all of the experiences of the last, like what, 10 years uh, to bring me here. So, yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's really freeing for people who are in the middle of just, um, you know, a situation like you were, like you talked us through of your first business where, Mm -hmm. you know, even though you, you talked about, you know, being in a season of feeling like you were far from God. And, and I, I would argue, I mean, he so used that, Mm-hmm. to now get you, which is what you're saying to, mm-hmm. to now get you to where you are today. And I think, um, you know, I think that's an encouragement one. And so mm-hmm. I love how you, even though it was painful, let him use that. But then also, you know, we live in a time and a place, a generation where we are just so connected all the time, 24, seven, three, six, 65. And, mm-hmm. I honestly don't know another, maybe this is extreme language, but I don't have many other people in my life or sphere of influence apart from you who really 
you're you're a champion for mm-hmm. setting boundaries and i i love that about you because that's not um it's not common it's not celebrated and it's Mm-mm. um you know I, but i think it's a be- you do it beautifully and i think thank you so i'm excited for you to to talk more about that but i just want to say you know i'm proud of you for just letting thank god you. use that season so Okay. So you mentioned it, but I want to talk more about it. You started a podcast this year called Joyful by Design. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the name, why you chose it, the content you're sharing. Just tell us all the things. Sure. Um, So back in the beginning of 2018, when I was like, you know, hands on the ground, knees on the ground, praying to God, like, use this, use me. What are you going to do with this information that you've now just like struck down on my heart? Yeah. I wanted to find the point, right. Of like Mm -hmm. that whole thing we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And he very gently laid on my heart, this phrase of joyful by design. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what it was going to be used for. I didn't know how I was going to use it. I didn't know. Do you want me to like rebrand my blog? Yeah. Joyful by design is joyful by design. Like just my mission that like all of the things I do is, you know, in part to kind of help people feel inspired to live a life that's joyful by design. Like, I don't understand what you're asking me to do here. Um, And I I literally sat on that phrase and just kind of tried my best to incorporate it into my business somewhere over the Mm -hmm. last several months. Um, And I actually have a a coaching program that I have two different ones. Um, I have Joyful Business, which we'll talk about later, but Joyful yeah. by Design is basically like my custom program where like anybody, it doesn't have to be an entrepreneur. It can be anybody who wants to implement any kind of change or achieve a goal or you know tackle a creative project. Um, that program is fully customizable to exactly what they want and need. Um, cool. And so I have this program and I was like, okay, I like what I'm doing here with this, but like I still felt, Like there was more I could do with that whole concept. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I wish I could tell you there was like this moment of clarity where like, I'm going to start a podcast. (laughs) Right. I never made the decision to start a podcast. That's going to sound totally crazy because I have a podcast. Um, I don't know where it came from. (laughs) So I'm being completely honest. It was just like one day it was not on my radar. The next day I was like doing all the things to like, launch my first episode and it was just obvious that like it's joyful by design like that's what this podcast is going to be called because everything I do the whole mission behind everything I do is to inspire and encourage the people around me to design their lives and businesses to allow them to experience joy as often as they can throughout the day yeah um because joy is separate from happiness I, I don't feel like we talk about this enough in our society. Um, no nope. happiness is fleeting. Yeah. Joyful is a state of existence. It's a state of being. Um, so you can be having a really hard, bad day season of life. Like my 2019 dude, if I like walked you, yeah, my 2019 has looked like there is no way that's right. Would assume I would be happy. And yeah. I can't tell you I've been happy every day, but I have felt joy every day because yeah. of the way I've designed my life. Right. Um, and so really the content of the podcast is exactly that it's, it's getting raw and real and down into the nitty gritty of like the day-to-day things that we experience and how to, you know, shift your perspective, how to manage your time, how to purposefully design 
your day-to-day and your business and your relationships and the things that you allow into your space on a daily basis to allow you to just keep joy a big part of your day and your life. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a similar path for me and, and just to encourage, you know, somebody who is on the fence about starting a podcast or they've toured with the idea. Um, God really used you <laughs> in, in sort of my story. I got your email, you know, a few weeks back, right before mm-hmm. your launch. And again, you, you just are, you're so intentional and I loved everything that you sent kind of in your, your launch email, getting your email list all, all excited about your, your podcast. And, um, I just sat there and I, it had really been stirring in me for several weeks and I texted you, Mm -hmm. but that same day, that was when, um, I just, I gave myself like an hour to just dream, just not like, not think about what, you know, other people would think about it, not even imagine how much time it's going to require, but just, just give myself the freedom to just, you know, make a list of potential guests and open Mm -hmm. a platform that I might use. And, um, so I love how, I love how God does that. And I just, you already know this, but I want everybody who listens to this to know that God just really (laughs) used you to encourage me. Um, I'm so glad. Yeah. So what's been, you've talked about this a little bit, but what's been the most rewarding part of starting the podcast so far? Honestly, Oh gosh. Like, how do I say this? It's kind of the same thing like with the blog. I never really expected anyone to pay it any attention. I was doing yeah. it because I felt like I wanted to do it. Right. Um, the people that have come out of the woodwork, whether they be people from my personal life or people who have been in my hemisphere, just kind of like floating around on the internet who I don't personally know, but I've like, I'm aware of them, if that yeah. makes sense, who have come to me directly and shared their like personal experiences of how something I said in the podcast resonated with them or how they've experienced something very similar and wanted to just kind of like commiserate on that for a minute. Um, I mean, down to the like fact that you texted me, I was like, I want to start a podcast. Like, <laughs> I, it just, I could only hope and pray when I started this thing that the words that God put on my heart would find the people who needed to hear them the most. And the fact that it seems like they have is just so unbelievably rewarding. And that's in those moments where you're like, okay, God, I I see what you're doing here. Like I get it because we talked about this before hitting, um, you know, record on this episode that, A podcast seems really fun. And it is. Do not get me wrong. It's a ton of fun. It is also a ton of work. A ton of work. And I mean, my episodes are usually between like 20 and 30 minutes long, but I probably put in a good like seven to 10 hours per episode Yep. um, from start to finish to hitting launch. And, you know, so you guys can hit play on your end. It's a lot of work that goes into it. And I feel like we would be doing a disservice if we didn't share that, um, only because like we've said before, it can be really glossed over how, um, people look like they're doing something online and it can be really discouraging to see someone else like thriving in it and think like looking at your own life and like, Oh my gosh, I don't have this thing or I don't have a podcast or I don't have a blog or I don't have a business and understand that like you also can have those things it didn't happen overnight. It That's didn't it. happen, you know, um, just 
out of the blue. The idea can come out of the blue, but the work is still required regardless. Like you and I were talking about that, that like, um, it can be quite overwhelming, but if you just put in the work, like you can, you can absolutely do it. And that's just been, it just, even that in of itself has been somewhat rewarding. Just the reminder to myself that like, it takes work, but if you're willing to do the work, you can do the thing because Like, I know you're going to ask me (laughs) about about book two. Uh Um, And it just all kind of boils down to that idea of, like, where are you spending your focus and where are you putting your energy? And um, so beyond the recognition from, like, the people who are listening, which is the whole point, because if I can be, like, a vessel to ensure that every listener understands that they are a truly valuable gift to this earth, um, that's great. But also just the, the the rewarding part for myself is the understanding that like make a plan, do the work, do the thing. Yeah. Like it's as simple and as complicated as that. Yeah. No, I love that. And I hope that that's, in, I'm sure it, it's going to be an encouragement to our listeners because I think in some capacity, anybody who's going to be, you know, spending time listening to this podcast is are going to be people, you know, that would be our people. And I mm-hmm. think that it's so easy to get caught in that discouragement trap of watching other people's success. And um, I think it's just so, so encouraging to hear, you know, the truth of, mm-hmm. of the time required and, you know, all of that. So can we, for that. can we dive into that for a hot second? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because, and I'm only saying this because I've had so many people over the last year and I'm really humbled to say this because I don't feel like I'm anybody that has, like a vast influence on really anybody, <laughs> but well, I do, but, but yeah, right. <laughs> and I've, I've come to recognize that over the last year or so, as people have come to me and been like, you're inspiring me, you're this. Um, I think a lot of times we tend to fail to recognize that the people we see as the most inspiring or the most motivating or people we look up to also experience the same exact emotions and fears and doubts and insecurities that the, that you yourself, as you're looking up to them experience. Um, and I had a situation this year, which is kind of going into the book two thing as well. Um, really in any part of my entrepreneurial journey, there was somebody in my hemisphere who I don't consume their content. I don't, not for any reason other than like, it just doesn't appeal to me. Um, but I know who they are and they are just, from my opinion, completely crushing it. Like they are just putting things out left and right and publishing books like one after the other, after the other, and how they they have a podcast and they have an e-course and they have a website and they have all of these things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am doing something wrong. Like I am not, I am not moving fast enough. I am not creating enough. I am not, I am not, I am not, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And I'm not enough. You know, like it's just like cycle repeat. Um, and you want to talk about the lie you can spread on social media. Um, I like discovered, I had like a bout of insomnia, which like caused me to go down like a really deep hole on the internet on my phone Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night several months ago. (laughs) And in doing this, I discovered something, and this is not fair to say, but like, it's the truth. Um, I discovered something about this person. Uh, They're an author, they're an an author and they're, from what I understand, they have a great audience and all of that. Um, but they they choose not to um, go through the editing process. Mm. They choose to write a book, publish a book, write a book, publish a book. And yeah, if you go through it at that rate, you can surely publish a book in like every three yeah. months, publish a book, publish a book. 
Um, but the editing process takes a really long time. And in my opinion, is, in, is integral to right. the, the concept of like taking a first draft and turning it into a novel that is consumable and performs well and is well packaged. Um, and so I let what I believed about this person tell me something about myself and about what I'm doing and letting me believe that like what I was doing not, wasn't enough when there was a huge piece of the puzzle missing yeah. and it was like a part of the story that I didn't know. And yeah. so it's just so important that like when you're looking at somebody else and like seeing what they are or aren't doing, understanding that you only know so much about yeah. their journey. Right. Yeah, That's right. And I think it's so important that, you know, we all have a lane, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we all have a unique way that God's wired us to, you know, do the thing to glorify him. And, you know, several things happen when we take our eyes off our lane, right? Mm-hmm. Like we either step into, you know, the pride category of look at me, look what, you know, success has brought me and whatnot, which is not glorifying to God. Or on the other side of the coin, we walk down the path of shame of, okay, I see, you know, fill in the blank doing fill in the blank. And that makes me feel like I'm not enough. And if we would all, if we would all just run hard after our own lane, Uh um, I think that is, that is the goal. And that is what most, most glorifies God and what most has us, has us most in our, you know, in our element, in our of course. true self, you know? Isn't that so funny? Cause it's like, it's, what do they teach us in elementary school? Keep your eyes on your yeah. own paper, right? Yeah. Like keep your eyes on your own paper. And like, we don't realize how much that carries through the rest of our lives because you're exactly right. The time, anytime that like I am laser focused on like just what I'm doing and what I feel God is calling me to do and create. It's when I start to look up and like glance around me, I'm like, Oh, I want to do this thing, but I want to do it this way. Or, Oh, they're doing it this way. Maybe I should try that out. And then I get totally distracted. The thing crashes and burn and burns and nothing ever comes of it. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm going to circle back to the writing question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I asked this because I know, you know, again, we're both very real and, you know, what you feel comfortable sharing. I'd love to hear about the process of book number two, where you are, how you're feeling about it. When will the world get to read it? And it's 100% okay to not have that answer yet. So talk to me about all that. Yes, this is the dreaded question, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I get asked this question pretty much every day. And it's Uh it's a fair question to ask. um, Because back in the beginning of 2018, I made such like a stink on social media. Like I thought I was like, you know, hot stuff, right? I was like yeah. documenting. I challenged myself to write a book in 30 days, which I know NaNoWriMo does. That's the whole month of November where people challenge themselves to write 50,000 words in a month. Uh-huh. Um, I was in like a season of inaction and I was like, I want to write a book. Well, I can either say it or I can do it. So I'm going to yes. write a book in 30 <laughs> days. And I really had documented the whole journey on Instagram. And then I got to a place where I got really scared. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and told myself all of the general excuses that a writer typically tells himself is that like, oh, I need to get to know my characters better. Or I need to weave this thing into the first half of the book. So I'm going to stop writing so I can like do that. And then things just sort of, like I said before, crashed and burned. Um, and so I have like 85% of a manuscript ready and done, right? Like awesome. there's, I would say I'm at like, 
I think I'm at like 50,000 words, almost exactly, maybe 48,000 words. Um, for reference, yeah, maybe my uh, first book was, I think, 67,000 words when I published it. And that's with yeah. like all of the tables of content and like yeah. the, you know, introduction and the the acknowledgments and all of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and so the answer to that question is, am I writing? Yes and no. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much been my answer, like all of 2019. Um as real and open and vulnerable as I can get sometimes. I'm also a pretty fairly private person. I know that probably comes as a surprise to anybody that follows my content because I like feel like I overshare so much um, because I enjoy doing it a lot. Yeah. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is I touched on this earlier, like how incredibly difficult this year has been for my little family. Yeah. Um, I've just kind of discovered over the last several years that like the odd years tend to be really painful and growing years for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so like 2019 is an odd year. Yeah. Um, whereas like my even years are like my time for blooming and like launching and like all of those sorts of things. I'm just kind of like hanging on to that hope that 2018 or 2018, we're going backwards now. (laughs) (laughs) 2020 will be just that season for me. Um, I, so the book is, is getting there. I did have the manuscript open a couple of times this week, which is Yay. a huge improvement from like months prior. Um, like, cause you can easily put it out of sight, out of mind. Right. Yeah. And if you don't make it a priority and you don't set it as an intention, it won't get done. Um, yeah. So I'm in the revisions process right now, um, which I feel like I've been in for like the last year, but I actually use like my time when I'm running. Um, I know a lot of people use their time for exercise, for prayer. I use it to like, hang out with my characters in my head yeah, that's awesome <laughs> really when you're creepy. when you're running up the hill in your neighborhood yes yes that dreaded hill that dreaded hill oh my gosh <laughs> you guys did I tell you that I did the hill I uh, did. that's what I wanted to I wanted to tell you I was so proud of you when I saw that thank you there's this hill like just brief story there's a, a hill in the neighborhood I'm currently living in and it is the bane of my existence yes. I run on very flat terrain <laughs> <laughs> and I got here and I'm like, this hill. Um, yeah. But I finally conquered Not pretty, but I did conquer it. Um, but while I'm running, I take that time to kind of like ask my characters, like, what do they want out of this book? Like, what what's their story? What's the purpose here? And that can make you sound really crazy when you're like, I just talked to my characters. Um, but that's part no, of the I writing love- process, at least yeah. for me. And so... Yeah. My hope is that the book will drop sometime in like the spring of 2020. So I'm going to hold, have all of you hold me to that. (laughs) If you will. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, man. Okay. So let's talk about boundaries. What would you share to our listeners about how to set healthy boundaries in their lives? I know that's a really broad question. So maybe give us like, just some, just some quick nuggets there. Sure. Um, oh gosh. Okay. So boundaries, I, I have a feeling like as your listeners are hearing that word, they're probably like clenching up a little bit. And yeah. Like, <laughs> oh God, boundaries. Um, and I think that's kind of the problem in general is that we all have such like this negative, uh, connotation with, with boundaries. Like we don't have the proper relationship with boundaries because we don't really understand what they are. We don't understand what they mean. We don't, we see them as something that's like, uh, like drawing the line in the sand, right? Like things tend to 
like when I first talk about this stuff with my clients, they're always like, I feel like in order to set boundaries, I have to be angry or mean or rude. Yeah. And I don't want to be those things. I want to be kind and light and giving. And you can be kind and light and giving because you have boundaries. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I think every time I can think of a time when I set a boundary, a firm boundary, it was because I didn't, you mm -hmm. know? And, mm -hmm. and so that, yeah, I think that totally contributes to how we think about them. Oh, yeah. Like, all boundaries really do is, like, give a space and an understanding of what is appropriate in that space, yeah. right? And so those feelings of, like, those really negative feelings that we tend to have of, like, um, where we start to get really short with people and we're snappy and we're, like, we're operating out of a place of fear is we operate that way because we're feeling territorial and we're feeling closed in on and like somebody's pressing into boundaries that have not been properly um, communicated. Yeah. And so I find myself and what I've learned in my coaching, other people, um, we tend to behave in a way that we don't see as in line with our core values when we aren't setting up our boundaries and communicating them properly. Um, like, even for me, like right now, we, my husband and I are living temporarily out of my mother's house. And my mother is the best person on the planet, best person on the planet. Um, and super respectful of it, like all in any boundaries that are or are not communicated. Um, but I haven't always done a good job of like setting up my own personal boundaries to like protect my work because I work from home. Yeah. Um, I to my mama, I want to go like downstairs and like, hang out with my mama. And I have found myself getting like short and snippy because I'm not doing all of my work and the time that I want to do it because I feel like I need to like hang out with my mom who is in no way putting that expectation on me. It's just yep. something I'm doing for myself. Um, so like if I have like one mission in life, it's to shift the perspective people have on boundaries. Yeah. Um, and so basically when you set a boundary, all you're doing is you're actually doing your part to protect the relationships that you value the most. Yeah. Um, and then an also like really cool side effect of that whole thing is that you're also simultaneously protecting your well-being and your productivity and your joy, because all a boundary is, is the recognition of like where your responsibility ends and where someone else's begins. It's you, I like to think of it as like a fence around a yard, right? Yeah. Like you make the rules inside of your own fence. Yeah. Right. That's right. Your neighbor makes the rules inside of their own fence. And if someone comes into your fence, they have to behave in a certain way in order to hang out in your fence. If yeah. they don't, then you can show them the door to the fence, but all fences have doors. There's a gate. You show people how to respect you and communicate with you. Um, and so like a big part and really, I think like the, the root of everything to set a healthy boundary is you have to really get to know yourself. Yeah. Like you have to be really, really in tune with who you truly are and you need to be like painfully aware of your core values and what you will and won't tolerate, what you like and what you don't like and how you prefer to exist in the world, how you like to communicate. And when you're at like your peak of productivity and when you're not, and then to just set up your life to exist within those parameters, right? Like yeah. you simply use that information to design your life in a way that gives you and the people in your life, right? The space yeah. and protection you need to show up as like your truest, truest self. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So let's switch gears back to business world. What advice would you give 
you know, a listener who is, you know, maybe in that moment when you were about to start doing all the things to do the thing and start your podcast or, you know, your business, what, what wisdom would you give them if they are feeling called to step out to do their own quote things? Sure. Uh, well, when that time kind of comes around, like any person is going to start to feel like a lot of excitement and fear and doubt and yeah. probably some insecurity is like all bubbling to the surface. Um, and so I would just encourage them to stay really excited to yeah. kind of lean into that discomfort and a little bit into that fear and just remember that they are fully capable of doing the thing that they want to do. And as long as they stay committed to like figuring things out and to always learn what they don't know, they can, there's literally nothing they can't do. Like if yeah. that's something that they want to do, just be committed to figuring the thing out. And that's all any of us, any of us in this entrepreneurial space are doing. That was a, a truth that I learned almost like week one of creative, creative entrepreneurship. I was like, Oh, Everybody yeah. else is just kind of figuring it out as they go, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was really kind of like comforting to me that like, I felt like I had to know everything before I started and right. I, it, that like couldn't have been further from the truth. Yeah. Um, but the person that I, I am now, um, as far as like what I would encourage them to do as they're getting started is please for the love of all that is holy. <laughs> <laughs> take yourself and your business seriously from the get-go yeah and please design like intentional systems and processes that you can set as your foundation because your business is going to continue to grow and if you don't have that foundation you don't have anywhere firm to stand on when things start to get really crazy yeah um that was my biggest mistake when I launched my first companies, I didn't build a business structure that could help me sustain it long-term. Mm -hmm. And as things got busier and things began to grow, I was just like crumbling underneath the pressure of it all. So yeah. I just would encourage them, please <laughs> yeah. like actually really think <laughs> through everything and just like things that you don't even think you need a system for things. You don't even think you need a process for design the system and process for it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Last few questions are sort of just rapid fire. Sure. What is your morning routine right now? Non-existent. Awesome. awesome. I wish it was. Um, I love my morning routine. Uh, but like I mentioned, we are in a very weird state of transition and I just haven't given myself the permission to take up the space I need in the morning, which I trust me, like I'm feeling that, like yeah. <laughs> I feel the effects of it. Um, if I, and when I do have a morning routine, it's like, you know, I get up really early. I have my cup of coffee. I spend time in the word. I let myself read a little bit. Maybe watch a YouTube video. It's like the time I give for myself. Yeah. Um, so that I have something to pour out of my cup. Right. Because I'm taking the time in the morning to fill my cup. Um, right now I'm operating pretty much at empty almost all the time, which is my own fault. I'm doing that yeah. to myself. Um, but it's, it's something that. Recognizing that it's mine, I can then introduce it in. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm kind of like 50% in, 50% out with <laughs> with everything related to that right now. And um, just with the transitions and stuff that we've we've went through this year with mm -hmm. marriage and the move and whatnot, it's it's been a challenge for me too. So mm -hmm. I would I would say to listeners, give yourself permission in seasons like that to, mm -hmm. you know, to not be perfect. 
with well, oh, we we will 100%. never be perfect in in no. things like a morning routine, but um, yeah, that's that's awesome. Okay, what's your enneagram number, and how has the enneagram impacted you? Oh, girl, <laughs> <laughs> this is such a sobering uh, thing to learn this yeah. year. Is I am a one wing two through yeah. and through. Um, and honestly, the way that it's impacted me the most is that like, I don't feel so alone yeah. in my like crazy ways of behaving and to like, actually, you want to know what actually has really, really helped is allowing my husband to understand some of the things that I do. Yeah. Um, so like I follow some of those like, uh, Enneagram Instagram accounts mm-hmm. and like the things that they say about my weight, like my, my number, I'm like, Oh my, Oh my gosh. And I'll like, screenshot it send it to my husband be like see you're not crazy other people behave like me too (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny we've done the same thing so I was a little late to the bandwagon on the Enneagram Mm -hmm. I didn't take it until early this year and it was super powerful for me super powerful for my now husband and you know I think it it allowed us to learn probably more about each other than any other you know, tool like that, mm-hmm. that we've done and it's helped us learn how to, you know, navigate conflict. It's helped mm-hmm. us, you know, learn, okay, when I react in this way or when he reacts in this way, this is why. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the most freeing thing for me, I got a little bit in that trap, which is easy to do, of, mm-hmm. you know, well, I do this because I'm a three. Yes. Or I reacted in that way because I'm a three. It's just my threeness. Mm-hmm. When so what I've learned, my new my new phrase for the Enneagram is it's it is my favorite tool, but it does not excuse my sin. Oh girl, yes. Do you know what I'm saying? That like actually just gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> well that made my because, hair stand up. It's because I, I, I was in that trap and mm-hmm. um that's been a powerful shift for me, but it, yeah. it shows me how I'm not like Jesus. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent, you know? And, um, and it just, it kind of highlights those areas for me that, you know, teaches me how I'm wired, but also, you know, gives me permission to realize I'm a human being, yes. you know? Yes. So, Oh yes. Okay. Really quick before we go, I want to know how our listeners can connect with everything, Joey. So tell me about the book. Tell me about where they can find you, listen to you, connect with your programs and all of that. Sure. Um, a really great resource for really any of those things is my website. It's joeyhodgeswrites.com. It's the hub of all the things that I do. Um, I like social media, but I don't love it. And so I'm not often there. And there's like, I go through seasons where I am. And then when I'm not, um, depending on what my mental health is saying, I need at the moment, Um, but I'm (laughs) always, always on my website. They can find blog content there. They can find the show notes for the podcast or like links to the episodes and things like that. Um, I have a couple of programs. So if people are super interested in the idea of like setting some boundaries up in their own lives, like if that's something they're really craving, I have a 30 day intensive called, uh, 30 days to boundaries. It's a self-guided program and it just is a, it's completely dedicated to like self-reflection, um, to help them design the boundaries that they're craving in their life. Um, and I have uh, my two coaching programs, my, my main offering that I do, the one that I, uh, work with clients the most on is called joyful business. And basically what it is, is it's a program that helps 
you completely design your business from start to finish the entire client relationship, everything to, to operate exactly how you want it to operate, no matter what happens. Um, if you're a client serving business owner, you understand that like, you can think something's going to go one way. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't usually. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of high hopes, it doesn't always. Um, so this program basically helps you set all of your collateral up, your contracts, your service agreements, your schedule, um, communication, everything, how to operate. Um, and again, all of that's just on my website. And awesome. uh, the first book, yeah, maybe the young adult book. I don't often mention that. I feel like I need to get better at that because yeah. my mom often is the one that's like, well, she's an author too. And I'm like, that's yeah. too funny. That's, oh, that's, yeah. I did. I did. I read a book, huh? Didn't I? <laughs> I did that thing. Um, I think because I'm like still self-conscious about it. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, it feels that. like I'm lying when I say I'm an author. I don't know why. I think that's imposter syndrome, but I feel like I'm lying when I tell people I'm an author. Yeah, I have a totally book that's are. published. I'm an author. That's yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a thing in this world that yes. they should go check out. So they can get your book on Amazon, right? They can get it on Amazon. They can get it from my website. If they want a signed copy, get it from my website. Um, cool. And from what I understand, it's also on barnesandnoble.com. And I don't know how that happened because <laughs> I did nothing to make that happen. Um, that's awesome. And I'm a self-published author. So like, I have to do all the things to make the things happen. Right. I, that was a God thing. It was funny. Yeah. I actually put it on my vision board that like, I wanted Barnes and Noble in my life in some capacity. And then I got a message from my aunt. I was like, I just bought your book from Barnes and Noble. And I'm like, how? That's so funny. <laughs> well, Isn't how cool. That's I awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Well, friend, it was so good to catch up with you. I just, I love you so much and I just I appreciate your wisdom and just your encouragement. So thank you, friend. Thanks so much for being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you need anything from me at all, I'm super easy to find Rebecca Dotson George on Instagram and Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And hey, let's help make it possible for even more listeners to be encouraged by hearing stories of my people doing the thing. There's a couple ways you can do that. One, by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, screenshot the show and share it on your Instagram stories. Oh, and make sure you tag me there so we can connect as well. All right. I can't wait to talk to you again soon. And thanks so much for listening to the Do The Thing Movement podcast.